So, as I look out my window, I see a city stretch before me. There are some tall buildings out in the distance, but right below me there are some small, short, rather cheap buildings and stuff. And this, ladies and gentlemen, this is Shanghai. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the as yet unnamed podcast. My name is Brett VZ, and I will be telling you about my adventures here in Shanghai, China. And I think to start off, what this first episode of the podcast will be, because welcome, this is the inaugural park. Inaugural, that's like a year. Inaugural means yearly. No, this is the first part, first episode of the podcast that I want to start with. And this podcast was kind of basically started because. I'm too lazy to write a blog. I don't feel like sitting down and writing. I feel it's just so unmotivating. But to sit down and talk and to tell my story, I think is way more engaging. And to have you hear my voice and me being able to put my emotions to it is just much better. So here is the podcast where I'll be ta- telling you about my experiences. A weekly podcast about me telling you about my experiences here. In China and Shanghai, and also my travels、um, around the world and stuff like that. Hopefully, in the future, travel around the world. But for now, I am living in Shanghai, China. So there's that and everything like that. But as we continue forth, but what this first episode is going to be used, what the episodes will be on from now is me just telling you about my week and my experiences of that week. But for what this first episode is, is a special episode, is me telling you about. What it has been like coming here to China and arriving, and the story of like my first day here and the, my first few weeks here, my impressions of it, what、uh, and you know what is, what have I found China to be like? I mean, I've now spent four months here, so that's what I want to do here. So without further ado, let's kind of get started on what the first thing I want to t- chat about is arriving in China and the story of pretty much my first. Day spent here in China, because it's quite a rather interesting story. So, the first evening in China that I had was kind of uneventful. I actually arrived on a late flight, so I arrived at like 11 p.m. Managed to find my taxi driver. He didn't speak a lot of English, but we managed to get across. I'm the guy you're looking for. You're obviously my taxi driver. Take me to the hotel that I, you need to take me to, and he books me into the hotel. I stay in a rather nice hotel, kind of in the middle of. I wouldn't say nowhere, but like I look out of my window and all I see is a back alley somewhere. So you know, not exactly a great city view. But driving to the hotel is just amazing. I come from the suburbs of Johannesburg, which is like a already a small kind of city. It's a big, it's a city, but it's kind of small. There's not that many like huge tall skyscrapers. But just driving to the hotel, we get onto the highway, the, or the freeway as the Americans call it, and I look to my right and I look to my left. And just stretching out into the distance, as far as I can make it out, is just the lights from skyscraper after skyscraper after skyscraper. And I just realised that this city, Shanghai, China, the city I've just arrived in, is huge. Like the scale of it is just massive. And I'm looking at, it, I'm like, holy, just whoa, just absolutely mind blowing. Just trying to imagine seeing at night, pitch black. And seeing the lights of like buildings that stretch like thirty to forty 
stories high in the just right next to you but also just stretching out in the distance like you cannot see a horizon in which that's not happening and that's the image i saw coming into china and seeing the scale of the city i mean shanghai is one of the biggest cities in the world but you know we get there get to my hotel everything's fine um have my first breakfast the next morning after um and it's really it's it's my first chinese breakfast and my first experience with genuine chinese food and it's fried dumplings fried noodles and stuff but more on like chinese food and stuff later but so i get picked up by the people now i'm doing working here so i have a setup with a company so they're helping me arrive here and get settled and i meet up with the guys who represent the company and everything and they meet me say hello do the greetings and stuff and then they take me through the company that i am with that i'm working for they allow for the first two weeks that you arrive in china to help you get on your feet you can stay in their dormitory for two weeks. So the guys take me through to the dormitory. I get there. On my way in, I briefly meet um, two, guy, two of the other guys that are staying with me. Um, their names are Stephen and Patrick. Um, and that's all I'll mention. I don't know how much they want to talk, me to talk about them. But um, I meet them briefly, say hi. They're off to go look for an apartment and stuff. I'm like, cool. I get out there, I get into the dorm, and the dorm is basically an apartment actually. It's a normal average apartment, but they've just put bunk beds, a bunch of bunk beds in all the different rooms so they can house multiple people. So I check out the dorm, dump my bag in, get settled and everything, and then I'm like, okay, cool. I'm here and everything. I've done what I need to, um, you know, other things will have to get sorted out later. But for now, I need to hit up. I've got dollars in my pocket. And I need to change it for the local currency here, yuan or RMB, um, or as the local slang for it is, kwai. So I need to change some dollars for some kwai, some yuan. So I look out, and luckily I look out our kitchen window of the apartment of the dorm, and I see, oh, uh, there's a bank right there. I can go change money there. So I leave the apartment, check out the apartment, everything, everything's fine. Close the door, head over to the bank. Sort out what I would need to sort out, you know, change the money. No, no big instance there. Luckily, a lot of the banks here pretty much always hire um, at least someone who knows a good amount of English enough to give you the services you need. So change my dollars, easy, easy. Come back to the dorm. And like I said, I left it completely fine. Open the door and I can just hear water running. I'm like, is someone taking a shower or something? And then I look down and there's the floor busy flooding water i'm like oh god so the uh, pipes burst or something so i'm like frantically i've just arrived in this apartment i have no idea where anything is so i'm frantically like where is the water coming from i check the kitchen it's not coming from there oh i'm in the bathroom there's one bathroom there just under the sink there's water like filing out of it like really um flowing out of it so i'm like oh shit okay i need to shut off the water i need to shut off the water i need to shut off the water i'm looking around and i should also make the note here this apartment's not great it's really kind of run down dingy and dirty not exactly like luxury or to an american or european standard i would say in terms of how it's may being maintained but looking around i have no idea where the water valve is i'm like okay wait let me check the sink so it's coming from the sink in the bathroom and i check under the sink and luckily the leak is happening just above it's under the sink the sink tap the leak is happening just above the valve where I can shut off the hot water, hot or cold water to the sink that's going to the tap there. So I'm like, okay, there's the valve. I can shut it off from the valve there. I start trying to turn it and this valve and the tap for it 
The valve is so like rusted or dingy, I cannot close it by hand. I have no idea how to close this thing. I eventually found like a metal toilet paper roll holder and hammered the thing closed and managed to shut it off. So I'm like, whew, okay, that's done. Grab a mop, mop up the floor and everything, clean up as best as I can, get rid of all the excess water, drain it as much as I can. And I think, okay, that's cool. I, I don't have a cell phone at this point. I don't have a SIM card. Actually, I have a cell phone, duh. But I don't have a China mobile phone card. So I make a note of it, probably thinking the other guys will probably know have their, car, their phones re um, done and stuff so they can contact and just make a mental note in my head to tell them to tell head office that, oh, this pipe burst and it needs to get fixed. So anyway, that done, I now head back into my room and stuff. I've picked out a bed by now and I'm like, and then the jet lag just hits me. And jet lag hits me and I'm like, oh man, I'm really tired. By this time it's really late afternoon. I'm gonna hit the hair, um, try and like get some sleep in for me. So, put my head down, fall asleep for a couple hours, and then kind of wake up, and it's around eight o'clock I guess, wake up, and I start hearing, I'm hearing some like shouting. It sounds like arguing between a man and a woman or something like that. I'm just hearing arguing, but it's in Chinese, and I can't speak a word of Chinese. I hear arguing and stuff, and I think, oh, it's probably like these walls are probably thin, so it's probably people arguing upstairs or downstairs or next door or something, whatever. The next thing, someone walks into my door, and I'm like, oh, okay, whoa, whoa, I'm just jarred out of my bed, and I'm like, whoa, and it's, um, and it's Patrick, uh, one of the guys uh, from that are staying in the dorm with me, and he's like, oh, dude, you're here, yeah, you need to come check this out. I walk out of my room. And it's sitting in like the living room slash dining room, like right by the front door. The door is open and there's two policemen, two Chinese policemen, an old guy and an old lady. And the old lady is just going off. That arguing or shouting that I heard is this old Chinese lady standing in our living room shouting at, shouting Chinese at people. And so, and I have no idea what's going on. So here I am. Sitting in, in fact, no, here's the three of us, myself, Stephen, and Patrick. None of us speak a word of Chinese. And we're just standing there with these Chinese policemen, two Chinese policemen and two Chinese people shouting at us and each other, like this old Chinese lady just shouting and like cr shitting on everyone she can in Chinese. And none of us speak a word. None of us know what the hell is going on. And they're like, oh shit, maybe this is because like we went up to the rooftop and we weren't allowed to go into the roof and stuff like that. And I was like, well, there was kind of some flooding that happened. I was going to tell you guys about it when I saw you again, but this has happened. Maybe it's in relation to that. Like maybe she's downstairs or something and they noticed some water leaking and they were worried. They thought there was flooding and all that. So she's shouting, she's shouting, she's shouting. And eventually her son shows up and it turns out that yes, they are actually the people downstairs. This is in relation to the flooding. And... Her son shows up and he can speak n not really a lot of English, but enough to kind of tell us what's going on and to get a meaning across between the two parties, us and them. And he gets across, so we get across that, oh yes, there was some flooding, but I cleaned it up, I stopped it and everything like that. He gets across that this is his mother, they're the downstairs neighbors, and they're really pissed off because now there's water damage in the roof and this is that. And the reason why this woman is so angry and so pissed off is because... This is not the first time this has happened to them. Apparently, this flooding thing has happened multiple times in this apartment or dorm that we are staying in. And she thinks that we've been the tenants the whole time. So she's really pissed off at us. We eventually get the meaning across that, hey, this is not us. We've only just arrived in China for like a day. This is our first day here. 
we have not stayed in this apartment and stuff. We get a call from like the people. Um, we managed to get them on hold to like our actual people, the people that we're dealing with from the company who own the dorm and everything and sort things out. And for some reason, even after everything sorted out, they stick around and chat for like an hour in our living room and then just leave and start leave. And then we find out that our water has been shut off. The water has been shut off. Also, the internet doesn't work. So cut to like the next day. So that's my, and then, so everything's a relief. We go over to bed and stuff. Cut to the next day. The people from our company arrive and they're like, what the hell happened? What went on last night? What the hell went went on? What was going on? So we explain to them and everything. And we tell them, oh, the water's been shut off and all this. We tell them everything like that. And they're like, oh, also the internet's not working. So they check the internet. No, it's been paid. So they have no idea why the internet's not working. The water bills have been paid. So the water should be working. Oh, and at some point, the electricity also gets shut off. So they reckon there's someone in the apartment building or something messing with the electricity and screwing around with it. So at this point, they're like, yeah, we can't, we were okay to let you live without water because whatever, but no water and no electricity, that's just straight up dangerous. We cannot let you stay in that. We're going to put you up in a hotel. So they put us up in another hotel, different from the one I stayed in the first night, but same brand. Really nice buffet breakfast, but again, more on the food later. Really enjoyed it. Um, and that was nice being in a hotel and stuff really cool hotel and actually had internet so I could use the internet for once um, By this time I'm, I had set up a cell phone and everything as well so things were going well But over the few days we have the keys to the apartment So they're like okay, so we got the guy who kind of owns the apartment or is the maintenance man for the owner of the apartment the landlord um, And he's gonna come fix the tap and stuff so they can turn on the water and electricity for us But we need someone to let them in and someone to watch them so we help a bunch of people. So since we have the keys, we have to let you guys in so they can watch, keep a watch on the uh, maintenance guy. But the one day it was my duty to let the person in. I walk, come in, walk up to the door, and all over the door to the apartment, right, is scrawled on the walls. It's scrawled in Chinese. Someone told me what it means in Chinese. Like, do not rent this apartment. Do not come into this apartment. No one should occupy this apartment. I will sue you, whatever. And written all over the door in Tipex. Like, six messages all around the door and on the door itself. Just written in Chinese. Do not come in here. Do not rent this apartment. On the wall by the apartment as well, by the door as well, is written in really broken English. Like, do not rent this apartment. I am Sue with water damage. Stuff. Just... And the guy, the guy who I let in, he's a foreigner who's been staying here for like, lived in Ch Shanghai for like three years. He's taking a picture of it because he's like, <laughs> dude, this is so Chinese, this kind of, th this kind of thing, I like just writing messages. But anyway, after like a week or two of waiting, of like waiting and the maintenance guy not showing up and then waiting and the maintenance guy showing up and just letting him taking his freaking time. They're like, okay, yeah, you can come back to the apartment. And by then some more other teachers have joined us. The other two guys, um, Steve and Patrick, who I um, mentioned the original, they had found their apartment and moved out. I was still in the hotel, so it was myself and two others, and we moved back into the apartment. And everything goes up without a hitch. Still didn't have internet though, so I kind of wish I was back in the hotel. But, okay, but now we need to start work. We've done our orientation. We're starting our training now, so I head off and stuff. And then the first night, so this is the first night back at work. I'm on the train heading back home, and I get a message from another per from one of the others who's staying at the dorm and they came back before me and it's just a message of there's no electricity at the dorm and i'm just like oh my god this shit again 
like really at this point it's just like they obviously don't want us there they obviously want us out the like the company needs to put us in a hotel or somewhere they can't keep putting us back in the storm because it's just not it's not there so i call up like i guess our supervisor or the head of the foreign teach foreign people's department of this company and he's like okay i'll put you guys up in a apartment and stuff and there's no electricity in fact no we stand the first night with no electricity the next morning i get a hold of him and he said okay i'll spit, put you guys up the next few days two days in the apartment come back maintenance guy still hasn't fixed the issue two days in the apartment oh and by the way the electricity that got cut out the first time when they brought in the electrician to figure it out because they figured the bills had been paid it seems that someone had taken a very important little piece of the circuit breaker and taken it out. So it seemed like someone intentionally sabotaged the electricity in the apartment. Hmm. At this point, it's either the people downstairs who don't want us there, or I'm th- beginning to think it's the maintenance guy who wants to get rid of us so the landlord can do I don't know, something with the apartment. He just doesn't want us in the apartment anymore. Again, over like another week, it's two days of move back in the apartment, but there's no electricity, there's no water. Okay, here's the ho- stay in the hotel for a bit. Uh, maybe the apartment, the apartment should be fixed. No, it's not. The guy hasn't shown up. Okay, stay in the hotel eventually. Eventually, like, I spent another two nights in the apartment where they got electricity and water back and then moved out because by then I had found an apartment. The day I had moved out, the day I was moving out, though, when I was packing, they came in because they're like, yeah, we've also had enough of this bullshit and they've cancelled the contract with the landlord and have found a new place to put this dorm. So yeah, that's been the story of like the first few weeks, accommodation-wise. I moved back, I found a place of my own, a room in a shared apartment, moved into it, and that was my involvement with that dorm and all the shit of it going on. So like, that was my welcome to China, was like, getting in an apartment, having the apartment flood on the first day I arrived, having the apartment just flood, and everything just going to hell in a handbasket, spending like two hours standing in my living room, having Chinese people shout at me, and I can't understand a word that they're saying and why or why they're shouting at me. And that was my welcome to China moment. That was me coming to China was just, to put it in rather crude terms, a shit show. But that didn't stop me. I got there, I kept going, and I kept going on, and it was great. And, and so far, the rest of my four months in China that I've been here, going on four months now, have been great and I've really enjoyed it and loved it. More moments like that haven't really happened, but I've been like, yeah, that's kind of like how China is, I guess, and all that. I mean, that's just my first few weeks in the dorm. So, but yeah, so that was my final uh, first impressions. From here on out, it's going to be what happened to me during the, uh, during this week and stuff, you know, my experiences and stuff I want to talk about on um, that. So, but moving on from that story now, I guess I should tell people, you know, you part. I've been into China. I've not told you this huge bad story of like staying in a dorm here. You guys probably want to know what have my impressions of China been? And I have to say, it's kind of a mix of like positive, negative. My impression of China after four months, my impressions of China over the first few weeks was, wow, this is amazing. Everything is so different. This is that and all that. And now that I've been here for four months, I've been here long enough to get used to everything and also. To begin having finding the little nitpicks, the little differences that just kind of annoy you, that just kind of irritate me. But overall, my impression has been I've really I'm really enjoying it here. I've still got a lot of time left. I'm here for like a year, so I've still got eight months left still, and I'm really enjoying it. In fact, I'm not even sure if the eight months I have left are enough. I might keep staying here for a bit longer. But 
my impression of China have been kind of um, very positive. I mean, it's, a, it's quite an amazing kind of country. It's everything is just so different to how we in the West operate and things. I mean, you got you have to come here with an open mind, or else you're just not going to survive. Things are really different here. Maybe it's because of the pollution and stuff or whatever, but at least this is a kind of nitpick and it's very different. Is people here? It's not seen. People here will just spit in the street. Men, women, child. You just hear people like hock a loogie and just spit it out onto the street or the sidewalk. They don't really care. Um, you know, it's maybe it's because there's just all the phlegm from the pollution or something. It's just created this way. You can't deal with it and it has to be a public matter but it does that and so you can kind of understand where it's coming from you know people don't find it rude but you as a european from the outside perspective think it's kind of disgusting um you know if you want let's keep on the negatives here um parents here will let their kids if their kids like little kids need to go to the bathroom they will just let them pee or crap right on the street like I'm not joking, like right there on the street or on the pavement, they'll just let the kid go. I've seen that where they just, they pull down their kid's pants and they hold their kid up and like just let them go. I've seen a dad whose daughter obviously needed a bathroom instead of like telling her to wait until they found a toilet or a public restroom, just pulled the pants down, hold, held her up and let her pee right there on the sidewalk. So that's a thing that people do here in China and it's not every day. I mean, you don't see people all over the place letting the kids just have a go on the street there. But you see it every now and then. Or holding them above trash cans, by the way, as well. But you see it every now and then. Um, driving. You know that stereotype of, like, Asian drivers? They have no clue how to drive. They don't in use their indicator. They don't, they, like, ignore robot lights. That's not a stereotype in China. That is the reality. At least in Shanghai, China. I guess when I say China, I should mention Shanghai. Because every place is so different in China, and my experiences so far have just been Shanghai. But, yeah, the driving here, there are, like, no rules for the road here. Um, people on scooters, there's special lanes on almost every road. There's special, like, lane just for scooters, because there's so many people on scooters and Vespers and motorbikes that they have their own special lane. But they'll also just drive onto the, side of the, onto the sidewalk where people are walking and ride on there as well. Um, millions of scooters. Um, China has a rule. Um, the road laws here in China say on a red light you can turn right if there is no obstruction. The Chinese ignore the last part of that rule. In fact, in that um, the if there's no instruction you can turn right and they just turn right. There is like no respect for pedestrians here. Pedestrians you do not have right to wait. If you're a pedestrian and you're crossing the road do keep an eye out because cars will just go. They will not stop for you. They will not wait for you. They will just go. So you got to be careful with that. Scooters as well will just go. They don't care. Scooters as um, also just operate on whatever side of the road. At least cars stick to the right side of the road. Um, scooters will just go down. Even if it's the wrong way, the wrong way down the road, they'll just go down it. Um, cars will just do U-turns out of nowhere, even if it blocks traffic for everyone else. The... Traffic and the driving here. No one uses indicators. They just kind of change lanes and yet somehow there's like almost no accidents I've never seen a car accident. I've seen a car hit a scooter. I've seen scoot two scooters hit each other I've seen a car hit a cyclist at a four-way stop because obviously no one stops at a four-way stop But I've never seen two cars actually collide. I've not seen a car accident yet In fact, maybe I've seen one and I've been here for four months and not seen one car accident yet Not one like only one like bumper bash so, yeah, I mean, there's also, you know, the famous, pretty much world-famous 
pushing and shoving on trains. And I will say it doesn't get too bad. Um, you know, the people will try and come in from the sides of the doors and then leave the middle open for people to leave. But they won't let you, they won't be like Europeans where they stop and wait for everyone to get off and then get on. Doors open, just go. Um, and it doesn't get, it doesn't really get egregious or anything like that or over the top until you find the more kind of, I don't mean to stereotype you or anything, but I'm, it just seems I get that impression of it's more the way more elderly, less educated, rural kind of people that are in the city who get, who wait by a train. And remember, all this pushing and shoving is really just so that people can get on the train to get a seat, to be able to sit down. That's what the like pushing and shoving is because you need to be the first on the train to get onto the seat. That's like a race for it. And it seems that it seems to be the more elderly people who maybe don't need, haven't been educated more in manners or how to behave very civilly with around others and international groups because Shanghai is a very international city that just push and shove people. And I mean push and shove. I've seen one couple who, I was first in line at the train waiting for the doors to open. And I'm not kidding, they pushed me back and shoved their way in front of me so they were first in the line. And the doors opened and they were literally elbowing people out of the way. There were poor women like walking out of that doorway clutching their ribs in pain because this couple was just elbowing people out of the way to push and shove in there so that they could sit down. But it's not as over the top as you think. As long as you go in there thinking they're not really trying to be rude, that's just how things are, that's how it's done, you'll survive, it's fine. Um, you'll get irritated now and then, especially if you've had a bad day at work or you're just kind of in an irritable mood. It doesn't exactly help. Um, it does get, it is a bit over the top and irritating, but eh, it's, you've got to kind of keep in mind of that's China for you kind of deal. And that's how it works. Uh, so that's the kind of, but that's the negatives. I mean, some of the positives is almost no one speaks English here in China, but they are always incredibly accommodating to you. You know, even if, even you, that your Chinese is so bad, they can't understand what you're saying. They can't, obviously can't understand English. They, you can't understand their Chinese, but they're still kind of really trying to be helped. They are still very friendly and welcoming, um, very friendly and trying to accommodate you and try and help, um, a lot of them have figured out with foreigners that we can't understand, you know, their numbers because the Chinese, the way their numbers work is like Yi, Er, San, Su, Wu, Liu, Qi, Ba, Jiao, um, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. But rather than saying that and trying to get a community across, most of them have their cell phone or a calculator. So if you ask them how much, they just type in the number on the calculator and show you the number um, so that you can get it. So there's that. Um, so they're, they're really accommodating kind of people. Um, they're very they're very kind of accommodating. The city itself, the pollution, the city of Shanghai, I thought the pollution was going to be way worse than it was, but it's not really. Um, it is a really pretty city. There's such a mix of like all these really old like buildings and these brand new skyscrapers and stuff like that. And I think it would take like another whole episode just to explain all my impressions of China. Really, I mean, I think just for the sake of time, I should really wrap it up. Of overall, it's really positive. There are great things. I really enjoy the people. The food here is great. That'll be on. That'll be what I'll talk about next. The food is actually really, really good here. I really enjoy it. It's a really international city. I've met so many amazing people, both Chinese and foreign. You know, I've had an amazing time here, getting to know the culture, getting to know people, um, getting to know, you know, the food and the snacks and all these different things. 
and there are some bad things here and there. There's some things that were great in you because, you know, either the culture is just different or the people are just kind of at a baseline, a little bit rude here and there, or, you know, a lot of things. China is a very economically divided country, I would have to say. There is a lot of, you know, rich and everything, but there's a lot of poor people who live in really tiny apartments that don't have great facilities and everything. You have like a whole family staying in this tiny little apartment kind of deal. Much like anyone in South Africa could see, it's a lot like that economic divide. You have these people, you have very much have, have haves and have nots. So there's that kind of impression of it. But overall, my impression of China is very positive. I'm really enjoying it here. I like it a lot. But there are negatives to it, like anything else. There's negatives and there's little nitpicks here and there that can get irrit irritating. And depending on what kind of mood you are in, those things can get a little bit more irritating here and there. So that's been my impressions on China and stuff. And unfortunately, I think I've spent more time talking about the negative. But I'd have to say those kind of negative things are almost kind of quirks to China uh, kind of thing. Much like South Africa and, you know, the things you can say about South Africa. South Africans listening know what I'm talking about. The kind of quirks that you can talk about that are everyone else will go, how can you live in a country like that? And you go, but that that's South Africa. That's home. And that's kind of what China is like, I have to say. But... That's my impressions on China. More on, I mentioned Chinese food and breakfast. So let's talk Chinese food. So I was a bit worried because coming into this, people warned me, you know, our oh, Chinese food is really bland. Um, it's, they just boil everything, yada, yada, really little flavor. Completely untrue. Chinese food is really great, very different dishes and tastes. And if something is spicy, if something is sweet, if something is sour, there's a lot, a lot of sauce. How is it cooked? Is it fried? Is it boiled? all depends on like what area of China it came from. For example, Sichuanese, the province of Sichuan, Sichuanese food is very spicy, really spicy hot food. Um, so if you don't like spicy, avoid Sichuanese food. Hong Kong, Hong Kong Cantonese style and also Shanghai style uses a lot of sauce and sweet and sour kind of deal and very saucy, um, that kind of deal. Most of the food, there's kind of like three staples, I would say, of food here, which is rice, duh, noodles, and dumplings. And you can, and soup, I guess, like, uh, but soup's not like chicken soup here. I'm talking like just general water with spices that you have with your dumplings or your noodles. And those are like almost the three basic ones. And it's always variations on those kind of things. You know, you can have um, egg fried rice or um, beef, um, slices of beef with your fried rice, or beef with noodles. Um, you can have fried noodles, um, noodles and soup. You can have just straight fried noodles. You can have dumplings that are being boiled, or they've been fried, um, you know, the, and you can have dumplings and soup. You can have them by themselves. You can have dumplings that have been steamed. They are buns. One of my favorite things here is, um, the Chinese word for it is baozi, and what it is is basically steamed buns, and it's like bread buns that have been steamed and they're usually stuffed with something. And you can have sweet and savory. I mean, savory ones you get like, um, or like buns with chicken in it or pork buns, you know, um, uh, like a crop of pork, basically. Why am I mincing words? Haha, <laughs> pun. But pork buns and everything like that. But you can also get like sweet buns, which are like custard buns or like pineapple buns, with this, which is like a steamed bun with like pineapple filling or custard filling. And Bouncer is, if you come here, one of your favorite things. Um, a craze that is sweeping 
um, China, and I've had it in America as well, and it's definitely one of my like guilty pleasures here in China, is a milk tea, which is a really milky sweet tea they have. Like, imagine tea, but with a lot of milk and quite quite sweet. And they have these like little tapioca balls with them. Oh, so it's delicious. It's one of my favorite drinks to have, as long as with um, just tea. China is, uh, you probably know this, but China is tea obsessed. They absolutely love their tea, um, you know, and there's so much tea, green tea, malt tea, oolong tea, um, jasmine tea. They make tea like out of everything. And as someone who wanted to try it, I've really gotten into it. I've got like all these, like, I've bought uh, three different types of tea, green tea, um, milk oolong tea, it's called, and uh, buckwheat tea, which I had in the beginning, although I haven't been able to replicate it with my buckwheat that I got, but it was like a slight hot chocolate flavor almost, buckwheat tea, really nice. Um, but I've got myself like a tea flask that has a tea strainer in it for it, and I'm just, I'm getting really into the tea. If you love your tea, like, and I'm not talking English style tea with milk and sugar, because that's like blasphemy here. I'm talking love your good tea, China's heaven for you. I mean, I want to do this on my vlog, I'm going to visit it. There's apparently like an entire market where it's just teas, just for buying tea and stuff. So that's tea and drinks and stuff, but more on the food. So like, uh, so you have your fried dumplings and everything and uh, the food, I think you'd have to like talk about specific dishes for food if I had to really get into it, but the food is different. You can have different flavors, different this, different that. Everything is so different and the Chinese have very varied things. You can have chicken, beef, pork, duck, goose, and let's stray into the really weird here. You can also have turtle, and I've been to a meat market where you can buy live turtles, so you can make your turtle soup or whatever, and also frogs or toads. You can buy live toads to eat frogs. I've not had frog yet, um, I've not had turtle yet, but I have tried chicken feet, which by the way, I don't really like chicken feet, and it's not because they taste gross or they're because they are gross. It's just there is so little like meat to the bone ratio that you're doing all this work. When you take a chunk of like bite out of a chicken foot, you're like having to also spit out all these little bones. So you're doing so much work just to get this tiny little sliver of meat off of these bones. So like I don't like chicken feet for that reason. It's not because they're gross or I don't like the flavor. It's just because it's so much work for nothing. And if any of you are thinking of the next stereotypical question, have you tried dog or cat? No. I've never had dog or cat here so far. I've never found a place that offers it, and I've never been offered it. But I have talked with um, some roommates of mine, and they've mentioned how they've eaten cat or dog. And apparently, then this is what they've said. Remember, I have not tried it. But if you want to try it, and screw you if you do, because that's horrible... If you want to try cat or dog, apparently cat does not taste good, dog is okay, dog tastes really good. I'll let that silence ride for what it's worth. But yeah, but not as common, there's not like shops going, you know, have some dog, have some cat. Not really that much. In fact, Yulin Festival happened a few weeks ago. And that's Yulin Festival, for those who don't know, is this whole festival revolving around eating dogs. And I saw nothing. I, there was no sign of it around the city where I, where I visited, all around, anywhere around the city of this happening. I think it's more in other cities or like up north or something like that, some people mentioned. But yeah, so that's... So 
getting on, moving back onto it. So the fried dumplings are just the food's delicious here, and it's so varied and so different and really really cheap. I mean, the food here is so cheap at like restaurants and stuff. If you stick to your mom and pop little stores, restaurants, the food here is so cheap that you don't really need to cook because to get food takeout every night to eat out every night is pretty much just as expensive as buying the ingredients and cooking for yourself so i've only had in the four months i've been here there's maybe been two or three nights where i've actually cooked dinner for myself and that's because i wanted to cook dinner for myself and i was getting sick of the chinese stuff in fact most of my roommates who cook for themselves they when they make pasta or something like that they're like yeah it's just because we've been living here for months and we're sick of chinese food we want some western food but if you really want some Western food, there is a McDonald's, there's KFC, if you want, it's there. But there's that. So there's Chinese food. And then also another thing to add, even though it's a bit late, onto the impressions of China. China has, okay, you can't see it, but I'm holding up my mobile phone just to illustrate the point. China has mobile phone payment solutions down. WeChat, Alipay, WeChat is a messaging application, but you can also link your credit card to it and have WeChat wallet. And you can pay your friends money, you can send money to them on the messaging platform, or you could pay vendors or restaurants. Almost every restaurant in China, small or big, accepts WeChat Pay. So you can pay with your phone um, for your meals, for everything, and shops have it as well, and everything. I mean, to illustrate how well they've got this system down, and Alipay is the same thing except it's just dedicated to payments instead of being a messaging app as well, unlike WeChat. I can pay, I can buy stuff online on an online market called Taobao or Tmall here in China. I pay with WeChat, pay with my phone to pay for that. I don't need to enter my credit card details or anything. I just go through my phone and pay on that. Or scan a QR code with my phone and pay pay the, pay with the link that comes up. But to illustrate the point, okay, going to McDonald's here in China, it's a touchscreen little device there. So I don't even have to interact with people. I go to the touchscreen, I select English. What do you want? I want this, I want that, I want that. Okay. How will you be paying? Credit card or WeChat or Alipay on your mobile phone? WeChat. Then you go into the WeChat app and it says, okay, give us your code. You go into your app on WeChat. You select the, you go to like money, pay a vendor, and it will bring up like a QR code on your phone or barcode. You then hold that up to the scanner of the machine. The machine scans it and bada bing, bada boom, you've paid for your meal. You don't have to interact with any guys on, um, interact with any of the people working at the uh working at the register you don't have to like try and tell people the chinese guy who can't speak in english what you want in english you just do that it paints out you slip and you pick up your order and you're good to go that's how down it is the mobile payment here in china is absolutely perf perfect they've really got it down so that's china like i said i need another whole thing i'm not much of an expert on it and i can't i'm struggling to find the words to describe chinese food because it is so different but so good and so delicious i feel like you'd have to i'm gonna make a vlog about it um you know so subscribe to my youtube channel i will have a link included on to this but subscribe to my youtube channel because i will be coming up with a blog blog soon a vlog soon just talking about chinese food and showing it off because the I would need to take a whole podcast just to describe the different dishes that you can have here and i'm running out of time already on this i'm really taking long here but all the Chinese food is just so great. Um, so that's been the food. So I think to answer another question that might be playing people's mind, a lot of that has been met 
lot of people ask me this question before I came to China and while I've been here is why China? Why did I move here to China? Why have I why did I move here? Why have I been here for the past four months? And it came from in 2014, I traveled for six months. I traveled London and the USA. And I will definitely say that it has changed my life. It changed how I viewed the world, how I viewed what I did, what I, how I viewed things going on. And it awoke something in me that in 2015, when I spent finishing my study, finishing off and doing my postgraduate degree, I kept having this nagging sense in the back of my head the entire year of, I still want to travel. I still want to travel. I still want to travel. I want to travel more. It's not traveling the US was not enough. It was not enough. I need to do more. So I said, okay, I want to travel more. I'm going to travel more. But this time I don't want to do London and the USA. They were great, but everything was familiar. This time I want to go to a country where everything is different. The culture is different. The food is different. I don't know how to speak the language. You know, they don't even speak English in the country and stuff. So obviously that opens a lot of options. You know, you've got entire of Asia, you've got India, um, Russia, yada, 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 a lot of Eastern European countries, Europe itself. But my dad has been to visit to China multiple times over the years and he's always come back with all these stories about like the Chinese people and the, the food he's eaten and he's tried. And it's working a real interest in me with China. And also just logically knowing Mandarin, you know, it's uh, such a growing language that it'll be a great skill to have knowing how to speak Mandarin. So that is one of the goals. So I decided, you know, I want to visit a country that's completely different in it almost every way to us. And I need to learn the language and I want to learn Chinese. And I've always had this interest in China from my dad and his and telling his little anecdotes about visiting China. So I decided, screw it, I'm going to visit China. That's what I'll be doing. Um going to China, I'll move to China, and also I don't want to visit there, I don't want to be a tourist there for a couple of weeks, I want to live there, I want to come back and tell people that for a year or more, I lived in China, I immersed myself completely in it, and that's what it was, one of the goals of being here is to learn the language, and what better way to learn a language, learn Mandarin, than to be in a country where almost no one speaks English, so you are forced, absolutely forced to watch it, to to learn the language, to know it, just so you can survive. And that's what it's been, you know, just, I've had to learn a lot about food. I can say a lot, my Chinese isn't great, but I know a lot of ordering food and what, and different characters for food and stuff, just so I can order food here. And that's it. And so that was it, was I came to China because I wanted to experience China. I had an interest in China, I wanted to experience something so different something complete related to China and but was completely different in every way to um, America and what I know I, I wanted different food different culture different views on things and China fits all of that China was what I wanted and that's why I came to China and that and I didn't want to just experience it for a bit I wanted to immerse myself in it I wanted to say that I lived in it and that's why I'm living in China why I moved to China so yeah that's why I'm in China and that's why I've taken this whole long journey that I've told you about in this car in this podcast. So I guess what's coming up next is what is next? What's going to happen from here on forward? That's how we're going to see in this podcast. See off this podcast. So what is next? Well, subscribe to this because if you are interested in this, do subscribe to it. If you are interested in this podcast, give it a subscribe there. I'm um, subscribe to it or however you can keep up with it. Keep up with it. 
because this podcast will be weekly. It'll come out uh, to, on um, every Tuesday. It'll be a weekly podcast of me just telling you how my week's been, what I what did I get up to in that week, my experiences. You know, in fact, considering I'm um, the food, I should probably talk about some of the food that I ate. You know, to give you an idea, like the, all the different dishes here and all that. Any experiences that I have, I'll be doing that. That's what's going to be coming up next in the podcast. As for the future. I've got a computer operating now so I can get back to vlogging. I did have a vlog channel before um, I moved here and I want to really get out. Um, I'm very disappointed that I kept away from it for so long, but I want to keep vlogging again. There's, I haven't, even though I've been here for four months, I've only just gotten settled here in Shanghai and I want to be a tourist in my own, in this own, in my own city now. I guess I can call this my own city. I want to be a tourist here. I'm going to do all the touristy things, visiting the Bund, although I've already done that, but I'll do it again because it's amazing, visiting the Bund, going to like all these different experiences you can have here in China and Shanghai more specifically. And that's what, and so subscribe to the vlog, to my vlog. Um, you can look me up, Brett VZ Vlogs on YouTube. Um, that's my YouTube channel where I'll be vlogging and talking, making these, um, basically videoing my experiences here, making videos on my adventures here in Shanghai. But this podcast is where you can listen to me talk about my adventures on Shanghai. In Shanghai, I might also, you know, if if this picks up, maybe have guests over, um, people who have been in Shanghai longer than me, friends who have also been with me, and talk and talk about our experiences here in Shanghai, with everything. But that's how I'm going to be it. So to see off this podcast is uh, something I'll, I'm hoping to bring in. To see off the podcast, here is your Chinese word of the week, which is. Very appropriately, ni hao, ni hao, hello, or quite literally, which literally means you good. So that is how you say hello in China. Your Chinese word of the week is ni hao. But、uh, hopefully, I'll be getting getting a bit better at this podcast. I've really gone so long over time that I wanted to. But thank you, ladies and gentlemen, so much for listening to this podcast. Uh, this is the so far unnamed podcasts as yet unnamed podcast. I call this because I can't think of a title for this. But thank you, ladies and gentlemen, so much for watching. My name is Brett VZ, and I will speak to you. I guess I won't see you. Ah,、uh, screw it. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, so much for watching. <laughs> thank you, ladies and gentlemen, so much for listening to this. Episode of the podcast, the first episode of the as yet unnamed podcast. I will see you next week in the next episode. Goodbye. <laughs>